And, and usually when, and I think I've shared this before, but usually when I'm asked to speak or, or to, to do something, God, God kind of gives me an idea almost immediately. And the preacher asked me a couple weeks ago, and almost immediately, you know, the, the topic came to me, and it's kind of personal to me because it's the message that was, well, not the, the scripture, let me rephrase it, the scripture that was spoken from the day I got saved, you know. And, and, you know, I've been saved now for a little over 40 years, 40 years, 40 years. I was sitting somewhere around where Brother Ted sitting facing that way, you know. And God just laid on my heart, and, and I can, I, I, it just convicted me so hard. And, and the love that this church showed me during that time that we were in, and I, you know, I know that there's people here today that's kind of in the same situation I was in, that God is dealing with you. God is working on you. God is knocking on your heart. And we, and we sit in churches and, and places like this time and time again. And don't stop. But God is convicting you and he's convicting you and he's convicting you. But God, but, but I'm here to tell you today, you're not alone. You're not alone. For all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. There's not a soul in this place that hasn't sinned and that wasn't lost. And I want you to think today that you're not alone. And I'll, and I'll go further to say there's, there's not a soul here today that wouldn't help lead you to the Lord if you need him. Now's the time. For all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. I don't care how vile you are, how much sin that you've committed in your life, what has happened to you or, or hasn't happened to you, you fall short. I don't care how close you think an individual is. I don't care how strong of a Christian you think an individual is. And we've had some very strong, knowledgeable people and Christians at our church. Very biblical knowledge. I mean, Miss Macy and just others just through the, just through the years that was just, just very knowledgeable. And cl- I, I just think that they could reach out and touch God. You know, they were that close. Guess what? They still fell short of the glory of God. We all, I want to sit in that chair and I get right here. I can't reach it. I fall short. I still have to have something or someone to help me get the final step. And that's God. And that's through his son, Jesus Christ. We all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. The scripture today is, is Luke, the 15th chapter. Very, very, very familiar scripture, uh, to all, especially to uh, uh, those of us who's been in church for some time. We've probably heard a message from this scripture many times. But it's Luke, the 15th chapter, starting at verse number 11. And it says, uh, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there 
wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a great, a, a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will rise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Listen to this. But when his father yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his finger and hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring forth the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they begin to be merry. Let us pray. Most gracious and kind Father, Lord, you just, I just thank you, Father God. Thank you for just allowing me to just humble myself, Father God, and present the word this morning, Father God. But if you don't show up, Father God, it'll just be me talking to individuals, Lord. But if you show up, it'll be a good message for the people, Father God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you just convict those that, that, that needs convicting, Lord, all, each and every one of us, Lord, because we all fall short, Father. Father, I pray that you just touch my body, Lord. Don't let the, the pain of my back and stuff just interfere today. I pray that you just relieve it and let this message be clear, Father God. Use me in the way that you would have it to be used. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Now, back in the day, and, and some today happens that way too, but, but wealthy people or parents, they... they uh, uh, will their stuff to their kids. And back in the day, it was customary that it went to the firstborn son, the vast majority of the substance that was made. Now, this father, I, I could picture this father uh, working very hard for many years to gain the stuff and the substance that he had. Now, I can almost picture, and I can also picture, because I'm a father, you know, I've had children, I've got children. And, and, and a child or kid, when they want something from their father or their mother, they ask sometimes. Sometimes they take, but, but they ask. But if a father says no, and, a, and well, go ask your mama. You know, that's another thing, go ask your mama. But if they say no, does the child quit asking? They continually ask, 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 and ask 
And the father and a good parent knows that that which they're asking for sometimes is not good for them. But they keep on asking. You know, I remember the first time that my son left the house in his car. God knows. I prayed until he got back home. But sometimes when they ask for stuff, we'd go ahead and allow them to get it to make their own mistakes, don't we? And sometimes that's the only way they learn. Now, my children, eat one or the other, have sometimes come back many a time and said, Daddy, I wish I'd have listened to you. Have you ever heard that from a child? I wish I'd have listened to you. Now, this father gave in to his son. Now, let me back up just a little bit, talking about a father. Where does life begin? In the mind of God. Our father. God is our father. We were in his mind, according to Jeremiah, I think it's one in five, when, he was, when God was talking to Jeremiah and said, before you even in your mother's womb, I thought of you and sanctified you, or something like that. So we were in God's mind. He's our father. We was in his mind. And he loved us and he took care of us. And he was in the womb of God's mind. He, we, he took care of us. And then one day he delivered us into the womb of our mother with love. And then our mother delivered us into this world with love. Most of the time, Janice hollered a lot, but most of the time, he delivered us into the world with love, and then it became our responsibility to raise them. So God loves us, that transformation, and this, this son just kept asking his father, I want my stuff, I want my stuff, I want my stuff, I want my stuff, and he finally gave in. The devil does us like that too. Hangs this stuff in front of us. And we say, get thee behind me, Satan. But he just what? Does he quit? No, he hangs it right back out in front of us. Keeps on until he makes it easier, Brother Henry, for us to get or do. If we listen to the devil and if we keep paying attention to him, that which we would never think of doing, eventually we'll do if we allow him to continue on. So we need to pray about it. So the father gave this son his beans. He was big time. Now, he had pockets full of money. He was ready to roll, so to speak. He left out into the world. Plenty of money. Guess what the first thing he gained? Friends. Boy, people started magnetizing themselves to him and sticking with him, getting this, getting that. Ain't that the way the world is today? We, if we got something, the, the friends is going to hang around us. You know, friends be with us through thick and thin. When things get thick, they get thin. You know, so that devil, I mean, that, that boy, he had so much stuff, he got out there and party and party and party and drinking and riders, living, wild women, whatever. He just done it. And found himself wanting. Today, I don't know what your righteous living is, but you're living without God, and that's careless. Have you paid attention to the death rate today? Have you paid attention to the busyness? A funeral home is a good business to get into right now. They're busy all the time. And we think it's going to happen to them. But this COVID thing took my brother. I thought it only happened to somebody else. We're going to be careful. You know, 
But sin is sin, and it happens to us. And, and, and us as fathers especially, we got children. How do we want to raise those children? What do we want to teach those children? Do we want to look at them and just say, you know, do as I do? Do we want our child to do as we do or do as we tell them to do? See, we need to do both. We need to live a life to where our children will want to do what we do and we're happy with it and not just what we tell them. Some people drop their kids off at church. That's, I mean, I'm glad that they come. But don't drop them off. Bring them. More so yet, listen and study and look at your life. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we got to look at ourselves. Sometimes we got to see ourselves as we are. The other week, when the kid, when the youth department done the windows, and I, I did the uh, introduction to it. Man, I went and looked at that video when it happened. All I could see was a big red shirt. Boy, I've gained a lot of weight. Man, sometimes we got to really look at ourselves to see where we at through somebody else's mind. And see, this child, this kid, he, he, he got his money. He went out and started party. He started living righteousness. He started doing whatever he wanted to do. Thought he was king. Mama used to say, boy, you're living a life of Riley. You ever heard that? Living a life of Riley. You know, and I didn't realize it. I didn't have no bills back then. Paid her $20 a week. Thought that was too much. You know, we have to look at ourselves. When I sat there and heard that sermon that day, that's what God done to me. He showed me Gerald. He showed me... He showed me my shortcomings. He showed me my sins. He showed me what was going to be happening to me one day if I didn't accept him. He showed me my children through my eyes. What will I do? But he also showed me the love that was in the room that I got saved in that day. He showed me that, that there's nobody here that's going to throw rocks at me if I get up and walk. There's nobody here that's going to criticize me for, for accepting Christ. You know, I asked Brother Ron to sing a particular song for, uh, for altar call today. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. That's the song that was sang that day. That's the song that was sang that day. God just convicted me so hard. Just as, he, just as he's fixing to convict his son, he convicted me so hard that day. I held on to the songbook as hard as I possibly could. That devil was on my mind. He was saying, Gerald, just one more verse, you can get out of here. Gerald, just, just come on, just one more stanza, you can leave. Boy, I put the song down and grabbed the back of the pew and held on to it for a while. Lord, what's your brother's going to think? What's your friends going to think? You can't go out and party no more. You can't have no fun anymore. One more verse, Gerald, you can get out of here. Man, I'd look to the left and it looked like there was 50 people in front of me. Look to the right, it looked like there was just no way to get there. But when I let go of that pew, when I let go of that pew, ooh, that's where I got saved at. That's when I was saved. Then all I had to do was just go tell somebody. And it looked like a four-lane highway all the way to the altar. Don't be scared to get up. We all been there. We all been in the same situation. We can't make it without Christ. We can't get the glory. Oh, what a city that song while ago. Are you wanting to be in that city? We can't get there without Christ. We all sin. 
He was in the he was in the he was in the hog pen. Now, if you think about it, a Jew and hogs, they don't go together. And where did he find himself at? In a hog pen, wanting to eat their food, corn husks. Have you ever been in one? We wouldn't even try it. A corn husk. And he said, look where I found myself at. Look what I've done. Look where I've journeyed and ended up to. He came to himself. You know, he came to himself. You need to look in the mirror this morning. Where are you at? What have you done? You know, I, you, maybe you've never been saved. Maybe you've never accepted Christ. You need to come to yourself. Let God reveal. Let, listen to the word. He's begging you. He loves you. Just as when you was in his mind, he loves you. Just as he placed you in the womb, he loves you. Just as you were delivered in that delivery room, he has a plan for you. And why did he do it? Because he wanted a relationship with us. He wants a relationship with you in particular. That's why he even formed us with his own hands. You know, everything else he spoke into existence. God formed us with his hands and bent down and breathed the breath of life into us. God loves us. He wants you. Where are you at with God today? Pay no attention to those voices in your head. That's what I do. And let go. He came to himself. If you read the verses right before the verses I, I, I read today, it talked about a, a lost sheep, and they left the 99 to find the one. The lost coins, they left the nine to find the one. And when they found it, what did they have? A celebration. Look at this father. When, when, when he seen the son, he says, I'm not going back to my father's house. What did he do when he seen the son? Evidently, evidently, for him to see the son afar off, he had to have been looking for him. He had to have been looking to say, well, well, you know, I'm praying for. He had to be wanting that son to come back home. He wanted that son to come. And that's what God's doing. Now he's looking for you. He wants you to come home. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to have the relationship with him. That father seen that son afar off and he got up. And I guarantee you, I didn't have to leave that pew to walk all the way to that altar to get saved. God met me at that pew. God saved me when I let go of that pew. Then I just had to make it up. That father ran out to meet that son. Kissed him on the neck. Put a, and, he, and, the, and he said, Daddy, I'm sorry. For what I've done. Don't worry about that, son. I know you are. I love you. Here, let's put this nice coat on your back. Evidently, he had lost everything he had. Evidently, he had got, went through everything he did. I, you know, sometimes you go to these stores and these places, and you see these people just come up wanting this, begging for this, begging for that, and you just want to shake them and say, Get, come to yourself. You know, come to yourself. He throw that coat on his back. Placed that ring on his finger. And that was significant. The ring on his finger meant he was family. That's my son. Placed the ring on his finger. Evidently he was barefooted. He even got rid of his shoes. He said he put shoes on his feet. Now, 
Sometimes we overlook little things in the Bible. He said he told the son, I mean the servant, to kill the fatted calf. How did the calf get fatted? How did how did how did how was that calf ready? God God had prepared a place for us. That father had prepared that calf in advance because he knew his son was going to come home one day. He had it fatted, brother Ron. Killed a fatted calf and let's celebrate. They had a joyous time when that when that son came home. Don't you know? Don't you know right now? All you got to do is just give in to God. And they'll have a joyous time in heaven. I don't care how many saved souls is in here right now. God will rejoice today for the one. God will rejoice. There will be angels in heaven singing today for the one. If you look at what the other son did, started complaining about it. Then the father said, my son was lost. Now he's found. He was dead. Now he's alive. Today's a good day for you to come to yourself. And for you to come into the, the, the saving knowledge of Christ, like I said at the beginning, we all have sinned and fall short. We cannot make up that short. We cannot do, we can't work our way. I don't care if we commit the rest of our life every day to nothing but good. Work, 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 work for good. I don't care if we empty all of our bank accounts and get it. We cannot feel that short. We cannot, we got to give God, the, the, the opportunity to feel that short in our life. That's the only way we're going to feel it. That's the only way we're going to get there. That's the only way we can get to that city that was saying about Wallake is for God to feel that short. Now, are you going to let him feel the short in your life? Are you going to let him today? The reverse of that. The reverse of that. If we don't get the short field, then we've fallen into the hell. Being real. Being real. If we don't feel the short, then we fall short. We're ending up in hell. That's real. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. God formed us for a relationship with him. And if we don't choose to have a relationship with him, he's not going to push himself on us. He's going to let us do what we want to do. And end up where we end up. Oh, sure. So, as that father loved that son, get ready to close. As, as that father loved that son and looked for him to come home, it had to be a two-way street. God is only going to go so far He's only going to go so far. He's only going to convict us so long. You know, he's not going to grab me by the ear and pull me up here. He's not that kind of God. He loves us so much he lets us choose. What do you choose today? You, you, you are getting ready to be brought to a decision of choice. Now, if you've turned your back on God, the same thing. You need to get ready to make the decision because you've got a choice to continue living the way you're living or get right back with God. I remember after I got saved, you know, and I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt I'm saved. After I got saved, I turned my back on God. I was out there for about a year. 
You know, in the meantime, we, we, we moved in with uh, my, my mother-in-law during that time because we was building a house there beside her. And I, was, I would come in at 3 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. And that morning, Janice and Garrett was getting ready to go to church. And Garrett looked at Janice and said, Mama, why do I have to go to church? Daddy don't never go. That just clipped me to the bone. I believe I beat them to the church and rededicated my life that day. It's not a shame to rededicate your life. It's not a shame to get saved. It's a shame if you don't do it and you end up in hell. Every time you look on Facebook and it says, let go rest high, everybody ain't go resting high. You know, you've got to be, the reality of the situation is without that shortness being filled, we're going to end up in hell. You're going to end up in hell. That's life. That's real. That's the reality. We like to think everybody goes because it makes us feel better. But if you don't, guess where you're going to be? And when that preacher sets you in front of the church and they stand in here, we need to live a life to where he has something good to say about us, to help comfort the families. That's the hardest thing in the world. I've had to do it. Speaking, speak a funeral where I didn't know the condition of the person's life before they got died, well, before he was dead. I didn't know. How do you speak that? You just speak to those to slam. You know, so what do you want to do? It's time for you to realize you need to come to yourself and face the reality of our shortness.